Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Edmonton Oilers just went full Harlem Globetrotters on that shift. What a glove save made by Skinner. This is exciting for the fans of Edmonton. They deserve it. Zach Hyman finds a rebound. This is the best power play that's ever been assembled in NHL history, and so they have the stats to back that eye test up. And Nugent Hopkins is going to pick up point number 100. All right, two bits of business for you. Well, one bit of conjecture, but first a bit of business. Love the show. Listen to it every day. Pops out to nurse. A shot scores. We've got Connor McDavid rewriting history here. To McDavid scores! There's number 50! And this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official station of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Scott is down at the uh, Edmonton Elks today where we will go at 1 o'clock. If you've not heard, the Edmonton Elks and Victor Kui, their president, have quote-unquote parted ways. Former Edmonton Eskimo, Alberta Golden Bear, and local businessman Tom Richards representing the Edmonton Elks board. Uh... We'll be doing a presser today at 1 o'clock, and we will carry the Edmonton Elks presser. Of course, 630 Chad, not just the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers. 
but also the Edmonton Elks. We opened up uh, with Whitesnake. Here I go again. Derek Scott is with us in the 630 Chad studio. Tommy Eldridge, he's their drummer. He turned 73 years of age. Uh, Tommy ended up outlasting Tawny, of course, Tawny Katayan, legendary in the Whitesnake videos from back in the day. Uh, later married uh, Chuck Finley, the baseball pitcher for the Angels. This is Oilers Now. It's brought to you by World of Spas. You can, after a long day, World of Spas offers tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas. Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. So here's the deal. Uh, here's what we got going on. We're going to carry the press conference at 1 o'clock. At 12.35 today, regular Tuesday contributor to the show, one of the most plugged-in men in the business. And that is Frank Saravalli for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Reminder, the Canadian Derby takes place on the 26th of August. That's Saturday the 26th out at Century Mile. So Frank will join us at 12.35. Then we'll head down to Commonwealth Stadium as the 0-9 Edmonton Elks make a change. And it's funny, a lot of the focus has been obviously on the on-field product, but there has been rumblings for a while that there's been some challenges off the field uh, with the Edmonton Elks. Victor Quee was basically in, what, his second season with the organization again. Uh, we'll carry that for you at 105. At 135 today... He is the co-chair of the Minto Cup. He's also the general manager of uh, Edmonton's team in the upcoming Junior Lacrosse Championships. This is the Memorial Cup for lacrosse, probably the best lacrosse with the Edmonton Miners, probably the best lacrosse player the city uh, ever produced. Jamie Bowen will join us at 135 today. Here's how you get a hold of us. You can reach us on the River Creek Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0016. Uh, 0063. Don't miss Brett Michaels live at the River Cree Saturday, September the 16th. Get your tickets now at therivercreeresort.com. River Cree Resort Casino Excitement. Bet on it. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you always wanted. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue or at head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more information. We're on Twitter at Oilers now. You can tweet me personally Bob underscore Stoffer, Brendan Escott at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. Our top story for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy, legacy heating and cooling. If you listen to the show Thursday, uh, about uh, 10 days ago, we talked about the fact that we thought that there could be some news coming with the Edmonton Elks shortly. Well, that news has borne itself out uh, involving their president, Victor Quee. This is an interesting situation with what's occurred with this organization because a lot of people say, well, it started on this date or it started on that date. Um, you know, like many of you listening to the show, if you're from Edmonton and I'm from Edmonton, I love the Edmonton Oilers. And the Edmonton Eskimos growing up and went to games at the University of Alberta at Varsity Arena and at Varsity Field, right? And so as a fan of the U of A teams, we lost our major junior team in the mid-1970s. So I got tuned in to how good uh, what was then known as CIAU hockey was. So I'm an Edmonton guy. I don't apologize for that. Uh, that said... In roughly 2005, when I was hosting a show called Total Sports, in fact, 
Derek Scott, what you were with me? What oh three oh four? Yeah, that sounds about right. That yeah, sound about right, right from Total Hockey, right through Total Sports. Right. So we started Total Hockey. Bryn Griffiths, Marty Forbes, uh, Carl Stark, Greg Diamond. Those were the four guys that I met with in the first conversation. John Sexsmith helped broker it for me. He was at Global at that time. I met those guys. We sat down. They're like, "We're going to do a trial run. We're going to do a four month hockey show." Uh, and then. That went basically from February of 03 until, like, May. And then we did a draft show. And then they're like, do you think you can do a two-hour show? Five to seven. I'm like, yeah, I can do a two-hour show. And they're like, well, we'd like you to get a co-host. And the co-host turned out to be Mark Spector. And uh, we made sure that we were uh, bound, if you know what I mean. So we had legal representation in case somebody said something that could get us in trouble on the air. Uh, and we went out and found our own uh, advertisers and sponsors, and we grew the show. And it was on a, the all-sports station at that time. And it went pretty good in 0304. and then we hit the lockout in 0405. And during the 0405 season, I had multiple conversations at that time with members of the Edmonton Eskimos organization about the fact they were going to implement a salary management system into the CFL. And for all the people that sit back and go, well, you know, what happened? Because the Eskimos were the dominant, they were the evil empire, okay? They were, double E, reviled around the league. Edmonton outgunning the likes of the Hamilton Ticats and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders in particular for Canadians. Because if you want to be good in a domestic league, you need the best domestic players. See, the NHL isn't like that. Just go get, you have a salary cap in the NHL, so basically it's your management abilities to procure the most amount of talent, okay, and get the best possible players, but everybody's playing on a, on, on the same uh, playing field. What used to happen is the Eskimos just outgunned everybody on Canadians. So players would sit there, and they'd apprentice in organizations like Saskatchewan and Hamilton, and then the Eskimos would outbid the other organizations for those players. And that was part of the reason why, you know, they went like 34 years without missing the playoffs. Like, I can remember listening to Brian Hall as the uh, Eskimos in 1972 finally got it going. You know, I was like a six-year-old kid, and my dad and me would listen to the games and even go to a couple of them. But the road, you know, we'd listen to them. And, and from like 1972 on for a long time, they were the, they were the organization everybody hated. But one thing was going to work against them, salary cap. Because you have to have a, do- a drafting and development model. So I met with Rick Lawlisher, and we had a conversation around scouting. Because a lot of teams did not devote a lot of time to the importance of Canadian scouting. Again, if you're going to run a domestic league, you need the best domestic players. They need to be the priority. I'll tell you right now, you're only as good as your worst Canadian player in the CFL. You know who's had the best Canadian players in the CFL over the last three or four years? The Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That's why they're always there. The other part about CFL is quarterbacks. Got to have a quarterback. Many of you listening to this show right now can recall going from Warren Moon, I can predate that back to Tom Wilkinson and Bruce Limmerman in the nineteen, you know, mid to late 1970s, into Warren Moon when he came aboard after he left Don James' program at Washington. The same Don James, by the way, who has the single greatest coaching tree of any NCAA coach out there. Okay? Because Don James was a guy who Nick Saban's staff, multiple coaches, started. Nick Saban was a guy in his embryonic coaching development, spent time with Don James. And that's where Warren Moon played at Washington, right? And at that time, there wasn't the same openness 
for black quarterbacks in the U.S. So Warren had to prove himself in Canada. So he went from Limmerman and Wilkie to Warren Moon. And then Matt Dunnigan and Damon Allen and Tracy Ham had a real good run on quarterbacks. Because if you have good quarterbacks and good Canadians, you can win in the Canadian Football League. Make no question about it. Well, in 2000, I think it was in 2003, that was the year of the, uh, I was having this conversation with Dave Jamison, who used to be the PD in this building in 630, way back when, before he went and had like 15 years at the Edmonton Eskimos. In 2003, the return engagement in the Labor Day Classic down in Calgary, Ed Hervey swung the helmet, all hell broke loose. We had 62,000 fans at Commonwealth Stadium for the return game between the Edmonton Eskimos and the Calgary Stamp. It was awesome, right? Suffice to say, if you really want to look at when things started to change for the Eskimos, it started to change when they put in a cap because it took away the financial clout and power that the Eskimos organization had. Remember, at one, for most of the early 1980s, the team averaged roughly 47 to 50,000 fans per game at Commonwealth Stadium. There was that much. In, and again, 62,000 for a regular season game, Eskimos and Stampeders. I would hazard a guess right now, Fifteen to 18000 paid for the games, despite the great partnership that Chorus and 630 Chet has provided the Edmonton Elks organization through some very troubling times, okay? We are headed down an inevitable path here in this city with that team. So you had a team where some of the other markets would say the Eskimos are going to get exposed when they go to a cap. And then for some inexplicable reason, See, the players collectively bargain a salary cap into the deal, right? For some inexplicable reason, the members of the league agreed to do a cap on management. Most of you have an acute awareness of the, of the CFL enough to know that plays a large part in why sometimes you have to hold on to GMs and coaches until the end of seasons. It just doesn't make sense to blow guys out during the middle of the year even when they're 0-9. So, mutual parting of the ways. I'm sure Tom Richards is going to explain more coming up. He's part of the board. We're going to get that to a sec- in a second. Mutual parting of the ways with Victor Queen. My guess is Chris Jones probably will make it to the end of the season. Then there needs to be a, a reevaluation done at that time. My understanding is Jones's contract is a plus one. So, if he finishes this year then he gets plus one, even if the Elks organization elects to sever the ties at that time. Okay? Now, there's another thing that's going to take place here. I mentioned the word board. You're going to start to see some stories out there. Do the Edmonton Elks need to go the private ownership route? Are there some individuals in this city that could band together, possibly in an EIG mode, the Edmonton Investors Group, that's a group that Cal Nichols put together back in 1998 to take the team over, really from the bank, because Peter Pocklington had gone you-know-what up. Okay? So, long story short, we could be headed down that path. We've got a new owner in BC. They've, uh, they've uh, spiked it up with new ownership. The, the Montreal Alouettes got a, a new lifeline, fortunately for Danny Machocha. By the way, the same guy back in 2005, 2006, who had a huge part of the future direction of the Edmonton Eskimos organization. He's went to the University of Montreal, competed against Lavelle. In fairness, that's a major accomplishment because Lavelle is dealing from a stacked deck. And Montreal was able to do that, University of Montreal. Danny's now the GM of the Montreal Alouettes. But they got money now as they got an infusion of cash. And that inevitably is what's going to happen here in Edmonton.
I don't know when it's going to happen, but at some point, we are headed down the path to private ownership. Because the team is probably going to lose anywhere from 3 to $4 million. And they're going to run out of their deep resources that they once had. So we'll get more explanation coming up. Um, interesting times, to say the least. I can't reiterate the point in terms of more as to how great of a partner Chorus and Ched has been for the Elks because it would have been easy to just say, you know what, <sighs> right? Because it's tough times right now. It's tough times. I mean, they are 0-9. There's really only one way for them to go, and that's up. In order for them to have success, they have to prioritize spending money on quarterbacks and on Canadians. The last two years, the team's made impact free agent signings at wide receiver. There's only one problem with that. You still need a pivot to get them the ball. Okay? And people say, oh, shut up, Stuffer. You work for... I I do work for the Oilers Entertainment Group. Okay? And we... Last year, when the Oilers were 21-18-3, and and I said, I'm standing by my prediction of 47-52 wins, 67% of the texters to this show on the Ashley Fine Floors text line said, you're a homer, you're an idiot. It's bad enough that I hear that at home, but to hear that also from the texters, it was it was almost 70%. We went through it. There was about 2,200. T- the Oilers had lost a game in L.A., of which they went down swinging. The team stuck up for Jessa Pugliarvi after he got jumped by Philip Deneau in that game. Nugent Hopkins went after Deneau. Deneau didn't want to fight him. We had lots going on. But a lot of people said there's no way, Stauffer, you're going to come close to your 47 to 52 wins. Now, it took 14-0-1 in the final 15 to get there, but they did. And the Oilers, fortunately, are at a different place right now than the Edmonton Elks. Now, some people say, well, Bob, would the Oilers... I don't know if the Oilers would be in, uh, interested. And some, some of you would say they don't want the Oilers involved in the Edmonton Elks. Then again, there's some of you that said there's no way that uh, there should be any assistance provided to building a new downtown entertainment and arena complex. It's funny how that's uh, the whole arena downtown Rogers Place is a lot more popular topic now than it was a number of years ago. I can remember when that was going on. I mean, I had sales guys giving me, sales guys coming into the studio giving me crap because their interests were, maybe they were representing a uh, an egg society and they weren't pleased with what a guy was saying. It got done. Oilers are a great place. They got great fans. They got a brand new CEO who's touched every step in the, who has a real CV, a real uh, history in the game behind him. Not some guy that comes out of nowhere that nobody hears from and goes, who the hell is this guy? No, this is Jeff Jackson, a guy that played, a guy that was an assistant GM for the Toronto Maple Leafs, a guy that represented two of the number one picks in back-to-back years, Aaron Eckblad, oh, Connor McDavid, you might have heard of him. He's your best player probably in modern-day NHL. Um has one of the most successful agencies out there. Hey, that kind of makes sense that you'd hire a guy like that, you know? Completely capable guy. Turns out he's very proactive in analytics. Maybe you'll see something in that regard in the near future, okay? So you got two of the world's best players in the same team, a team that over the last, since February the 10th of 2022, has the second best record in the NHL, a team with five playoff series in the last two years. That's tied for the most. And I still hear the guys, oh, Starfer, you guys are just like Arizona. You haven't won anything. Sorry, we're not like Arizona. You know why? 
because we have a show called Oilers Now because it works in Edmonton because that's the level of interest. It's like Alabama football in the state of Alabama. People care about the product. And that's going to be part of the challenge carrying forward. Uh, some people have said, what about the baseball team? Buying like Steve Hogle and Randy Gregg. Those guys did a great job with the Riverhawks. Is that the name? The Riverhawks? But they're not paying the players. So they've got a really good financial model, right? The players are college guys. So they can run this Cadillac program. You got to pay the players in the CFL. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be tricky. And it's gonna, I think it's going to need an EIG-style ownership group. To, to pull together and to absorb some short-term pain for long-term gain. But until the organization prioritizes quarterbacks and Canadians, you're going to be challenged to win in the CFL. At least that's what I think. Tom will tell. And, uh, and for the record, as for Chris Jones, I'll be honest with you, given the context that there, were, there was limited funds because of a stupid cap on, uh, on management, which defies logic, there shouldn't be a cap on research and development companies. Sorry, there shouldn't be. That's I just disagree with that. Uh, because there was a, Chris Jones at that time with Wally Bono's influence, because Wally Bono influenced that board, he made sense. He'd been a winner before. He'd been a GM before. He'd been a head coach, obviously. Cleveland Browns hired him as a defensive specialist. Like he, His pedigree was there. Nobody saw it going this bad. We'll get more information on the Edmonton Elks. Brendan Escott is down at uh, where? What, which are they doing it out of the alumni room at uh, Commonwealth Stadium? So we look forward to that. And when we come back after a twenty-minute long diatribe that undoubtedly has bored many of you out there, uh, when we come back, we will uh, we'll get. There's been a trade in the NHL, and it involves a former Oiler, and I don't frankly get it, other than to tell you the Montreal Canadiens have done a favor to a player. This is Oilers now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. 1228 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Derek Scott, Brendan S. Scott with you. Oilers Now Audio Vaults brought to you all season long by Direct Workwear, specialized to work with your business, outfit your crew from head to toe in Edmonton and Fort McMurray. On our podcast is the complete uh, two-part interview with Brent Myers. I, I appreciate people that are brutally honest, okay? And when a guy's sitting there talking about his alcohol and coke dependency and how it derailed his NHL career, uh, based on the response that I got from many of you out there who have a lot of empathy for people that have gone through addictions, um, you know, I think it's a a must listen. You might want to circle back to it. Uh, Let's go to NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. The Montreal Canadiens have just done a huge and I mean a huge favor to Jeff Petrie. They traded him back to where he wanted to play. Uh, the deal, as reported by Frank Cervalli, who joins us in about six minutes' time, Jeff Petrie goes to Montreal for Gustav Lindstrom, a defenseman, and a conditional 2025 fourth-round pick. Uh, Montreal retained 50% on Petrie. So the Canadians are basically retaining $5 million in cash and only are getting back a conditional fourth in Lindstrom. I would suggest to you $5 million in cash for an NHL team is at usually uh, no less than a second-round pick. So somebody did a favor there. Uh, again, uh, and yeah, brutal honesty. I mean, it's funny, right? People have, they, they put out 
perceptions of themselves. Oh, I really, I mean, we got a texter here saying, Bob, I disagree with you regarding the Edmonton football team. If they did not change their name, the fans would still be there. They are seeing what happens when you spit in the fans' eyes. I do not care if.